Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high old silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoof beats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, people. I'll Dan Reed, 14-year-old nephew of the Lone Ranger, was returning to the town of Cold Rock from a trip to Corpus Christi where he had been visiting friends. As he sat in the stagecoach, Dan noticed that the woman and little boy on the seat facing him were watching him intently. Then he realized that he was fingering a metal object he had taken from his pocket. Dan, momentarily embarrassed, grinned boyishly and started to put the object back into his pocket when the little boy, a child of about ten, asked eagerly, What's that? Timmy, you mustn't be asking strangers questions. Oh, it's all right, ma'am. Can I see that? Can I? Sure, Timmy, here. (laughs) Timmy doesn't usually take to strangers. I'm Mrs. Nelson. My name's Dan Reed. My name's Timmy. What is this, Dan? That's a watch fob, Tibby. I uh, bought it in Corpus Christi for a friend of mine. I was noticing it too, Dan. At first I thought it was a silver dollar attached to a small piece of tooled leather, but now I see that it's not. I bought it from an Indian woman. 
It's hand-beaten silver, and it is just about the size and shape of a silver dollar. What's that mean on there? See? I was told that's an Indian good luck sign, Timmy. I don't believe in the luck part of it, but I do think it's unusual. Well, indeed it is. Your friend should be very happy to receive it. <laughs> Someday, Timmy, when you grow up and own a watch, maybe you'll have a fob like that one. I give it back to Dan, Timmy. Oh, all right, then. Here. Thanks, Timmy. I'll put it back in my pocket so I won't lose it. Do you live in Cool Rock, Dan? Not exactly, Mrs. Nelson. I have friends near there. Oh, I see. We're going to Cold Rock. My father's going to open a great big store there. Isn't he, Mama? Oh, is he? Well, yes, he is. I have a brother in Cold Rock. He persuaded us to sell our place in St. Louis and come out here and open a general store. They sure can use one in Cold Rock, all right. Uh... When is your husband going to come out? Oh, he's with us. He's riding on top of the stage. You see, we sold everything for cash, and all our gold is in the express box on the stage. So my husband rides up there because he wants to be sure nothing happens to it. I see. Oh, what was that? What is it, Mama? What is it? Golly, I think it's a holdup. Oh, 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 Toss down your rock. There it is, mister. Dan, you come down I don't hear my husband out there. Yeah, sure, sure. Just come the driver. Mama, I'm scared. Woman and two kids, huh? Come on, get out. Golly, mister, we haven't anything valuable. I said get out. Come on, Timmy. Hey, Bill, help text with that box. Good thing, Jig. I'll see what you have, ma'am. Give me that bag of yours. That pin you wear. Yes. Yes, of course. Here. You're an outlaw. And I don't like you, Steve. Ah, shut up. Hey, you. Hand to your pockets. I haven't much. Don't you give him that silver watch fob, Dan. Silver watch fob, huh? <laughs> Come on, hand it over and anything else you have, kid. Here's all the money I have. And this is the watch fob. It isn't very valuable, honest. I bought it as a present for a friend of mine. Well, now, isn't that just too bad? Hmm? <laughs> Guess you can make me a present of it, kid. Right. I give it here, or I'll show Here it is. You're about the lowest type of crook we could ever meet up with. If you and those men of yours didn't have the drop on the driver and my husband, you can mark my words. Wait they a have minute, you. lady. Is that other hombre up on the boot, your husband? That's right. And when we get to Cold Rock, he'll get a posse, Go and on, then you'll. get back inside. That husband of yours won't do us any harm, ma'am. You see one of our bullets happened to hit him. <laughs> Oh, no. No. Yep. Oh, no. Lying up there dead. After the holdup, the stagecoach continued its run to Cold Rock. Bidding goodbye to his newfound friends, Timmy and Mrs. Nelson... Dan went to the edge of town to meet Tonto and the Lone Ranger, who were waiting with Dan's horse, Victor. On the leisurely ride to their camp, Dan told the Lone Ranger what had happened. Did you get a good look at the outlaws, Dan? Well, they all had handkerchiefs over their faces, so it'd be hard to identify any of them. I see. It was quite a tragedy for Mrs. Nelson, losing not only everything they own, but also losing her husband. I feel awfully sorry for her and little Timmy. It's good them have someone to stay with in town. Yes, it is. They'll live with Mrs. Nelson's brother. Who is her brother, Dan? Do you know? Oh, yes, sir. She told me her brother's name is Jack Wells. He's the express agent in Cold Rock. I see. 
There hasn't been a stage hold up along that trail for over a year. Strange the stage should be held up on this trip when it was carrying all Nelson's gold. Oh, that's right. I hope the sheriff and posse catch them and get the money back. Well, then I'd get back the present I brought you, sir. Those men were killers, Dan. I'm thankful you got here safely. After we have supper, Tonto, I'll disguise myself as a rancher. And you'll now go to town for news of the search. Well, better move along. It's getting dark. One silver. Get him up, scout. Come on, Victor. That evening, the Lone Ranger, wearing a disguise, stood at the back of the cafe with Tonto. They listened intently to a discussion between the sheriff and a man who had entered just behind them a short time before. I tell you, Sheriff, you can't give up the search. Now listen to this, Tonto. Those yeah. killers have got to be found. Well, I didn't say we was giving up exactly. What I did say was that those outlaws left a trail as far as the river, then we lost them. We cut sign up and down the banks on both sides, but... We couldn't pick up the trail again. Well, I don't have any too much money, Sheriff. But I'm putting up a reward of $500 for their capture. Don't forget, they killed my brother-in-law. That must be Jack Wells, Tonto. Ah, him plenty upset about killing. How much you reckon was your brother-in-law bringing out here in cash, Wells? Well, according to what my sister told me... He had all of $15,000, all cash. It was a very smart lot of cash to be toting around the country. Well, sure it was. But Nelson had a driving business back in St. Louis. He turned all his holdings into cash so as he could open up a big general store here in Cold Rock. Hmm. Now his widow and kid are stone broke. Dependent on me. Of course, she's my sister, so I don't mind that. Well, it's mighty nice of you to take him in and plan on looking after him like you're doing well. Yeah, that's right. Get the reward, Wells. We'll keep hunting. Good. It's funny if your brother-in-law had such a thriving business in St. Louis that he'd want to give it all up and come out of this wild country. Well, that's what I told him in my letters. But my sister wanted to be living near me. I'm her only living kinfolk. Well, come on, Sheriff. I'll treat you to a drink. Well, that's Come on, Dotto. Let's get out of here. Ah, be ready to leave. What do you have, Sheriff? Otto, what the sheriff just said set me thinking. And what that came about? He said that if Nelson had such a thriving business in St. Louis, it was strange he'd sell out and come here to start over. But fellas say sister make husband sell out and come west. Yes, I know. But that doesn't fit in with what Dan told us, Tonto. Me not remember what I remember Dan... distinctly. Mrs. Nelson told Dan that her brother persuaded her and her husband to sell their place in St. Louis. Come out here to open a general store. Oh, that's right. I want to know more about Jack Wells, Toto. Tomorrow morning, we'll ride to the express office and have a talk with him. The following morning, the Lone Ranger, still disguised as a rancher, entered the express office where Jack Wells was busy at his desk with his little nephew, Timmy Nelson, sitting nearby looking at a picture book. Good morning. Oh, good morning, sir. What can I do for you? I'm thinking of sending a sum of money to a bank down in Corpus Christi. Uh, could you handle it? I sure could, mister. Oh, uh, get up, Timmy. Give the man that chair. Oh, no, sit still, son. I don't want to sit down. My father had a lot of money, but the outlaws took it. 
And they shot my father, too. Oh? Well, that's too bad, Timmy. They made us get out of the stage, and they robbed my mother, too. But I wasn't scared very much. You must be a brave little boy. Perhaps someday they'll catch those outlaws, get back the money they stole. Mama don't like it here. She cried when Papa said we were coming way out uh, here. Look, Timmy, you run along outside, huh? The man and I want to talk private. Run along now. <clears throat> All right, Uncle Jack. I'll come back in after a while. Goodbye, mister. Goodbye, Timmy. I heard about the holdup and killing yesterday. The victim was my brother-in-law. Sure was a blow to us. I'm sure it was. Well, uh, wasn't there a guard riding with the driver? My brother-in-law was acting as guard. He didn't have to pay any fare that way. He wrote and asked me to arrange it. I see. Now, if you want to discuss what you came in about... I'm not sure yet. I'll let you know if I decide to send the gold by express. I'll think it over, Mr. Wells. Well, I guarantee it'll be safe, mister. I'll let you know. Adios. That afternoon, Dan rode into town to the blacksmith shop. While he waited for the blacksmith to fix Victor's loose shoe, a rough-looking man reined up outside. Comes another customer, Mr. Burton. Well, that's all right, Dan. Be through here just at your feet. Steady, boy. Steady. Howdy, mister. I want to get some horseshoe nails. Got any to spare? Well, uh, can't say that I haven't to spare, stranger, but I guess I can let you have a few, though. Just take it easy till I finish what I'm doing here. Yeah, now, look here. All I want is a few nails. I can't wait all afternoon. It's almost three o'clock now, according to my watch here. Easy, fella, easy. Yeah. There you are, Daniel, all fixed. Will a handful be enough, Stingy? Oh, yeah, yeah, bring him here. Yeah. Here you are. Here's the money. Keep the change. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this coin isn't enough to even pay for them nails. Keep the change, you said. You said that would be a dollar. Here it is, Mr. Burton. Thanks, Daniel. Say, tell me, how you... I can't stay to talk. I I have to follow that man. Steady, boy. Now, wait a minute. Why do you want to follow him, Daniel? Because I recognize the silver fob that was attached to his watch. Goodbye, sir. Come on, Victor. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Now to continue our story. 
When the stranger in the blacksmith shop pulled out his watch, Dan recognized the watch fob that dangled from it and decided to follow the man. Dan rode hurriedly along the trail the man had taken. As he rounded a turn in the trail, he was startled to find the man waiting for him in a clump of cottonwoods. Pull up there, kid, or I'll plug you. Oh, 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 oh. oh well. So the button thought I didn't recognize him. <laughs> I saw you look at that watch, huh? And then I remembered. You were the kid who was on the stage the other day. You are one of the outlaws. What of it? Maybe you're just a run of a maverick. But you're too smart for your own good. I, I'll go back to town. Think I'm a fool? If I wasn't squeamish about plugging a kid, I'd use this gun on you right now. Since I am, I'll take you along with me and let Jake decide what he wants to do with you. No, I, I won't go away. Don't try to make a break for it. I will let you have it. Now, ride on ahead of me. Get going. You'll be sorry for this, mister. Get going, I said. Get up, Victor. Get up, Victor. Night had fallen. In their camp, the Lone Ranger and Tonto waited for Dan to return. But as it grew darker, the Lone Ranger became worried. Tonto, Dan should have returned from the blacksmith before now. Ah, it's not good him be way after dark. But they're right in to meet him. Anything could happen to a boy his age in this country. Ah, it matter if we go find Dan now. Yes, sir. Come, Scout. Hey, boy. Easy, big fellow. Get him up, Scout. While Tonto rode on into town to the blacksmith shop, the Lone Ranger, who was now in his usual mask and costume, waited on the edge of town. Before long, Tonto returned. Oh, Scout, oh, fella. Oh, fella. Oh. Oh, what did you find out, Tonto? Uh, me get there when blacksmith just lock up. Me ask about Dan. Well? Well, him say Dan leave there about three o'clock this afternoon. And something's happened. Ah, me hear more from blacksmith. Him say stranger come to shop. Dan say something about watch fob him see on stranger. Watch fob? Must have been the fob that Dan brought for me. Ah, when stranger leave, Dan follow. It not good, Kimasabi. Then Dan was following one of the outlaws. That's right. Blacksmith not know which way them go. Otto, they won't hesitate to harm Dan, since he knows so much about them. I only knew where to... Wait a minute. You think of something? Yes. Yes, I have. Otto, I want you to take a note to the home of Jack Wells, express agent. What could that do? That remains to be seen. I'll write the note, and you can take it to him immediately. If he reacts the way I think he will, we'll follow him. A short time later, Jack Wells was in the living room of his home talking to his sister, Mrs. Nelson. Oh, it'll be tough for a time, I know. But you'll forget him after a while. Jack, don't say that. I know you never did like him. I'll answer it. Me got note for express agent. Thank you. I'll give it to him. Here, no. And you. An Indian brought this note for you. Let me see it. Uh, I was in your office this morning. Please prepare for a large shipment of gold to go on tomorrow's early stage. Signed, L.R. Well, I better go out and make arrangements for that shipment. You get to bed and get some rest. 
Oh, uh, I'll be home kind of late tonight. Later that night, Dan, tied hand and foot, lay on a cot in an old cabin far up the river bank. He looked up as Jake and his two henchmen entered. Well, Button, Jake's decided what he's going to do with you. What? What are you going to do with me? I've got a good plan thought out for you, kid. <laughs> if they ever find you, they'll think you met with an accident. You better not do anything to me or my Whoa. friends will... <laughs> Listen to the Button. <laughs> Look, kid, we aren't afraid of any friends you've got. And anyway, like I said, when you're finally found, it'll look like an accident. Nobody will be able to connect us with a killing. Killing? You oughtn't to scare the kid like that, Jake. It isn't right. What, what, what are you going to do with me? You asked me that before, kid, and I'll tell you. This hideout's on the bank of the New Aces River. It's one of those rope footbridges just above here across the gorge. Just below that's a waterfall. Now, we put you on your horse and make you ride him across that bridge. If you get across, you go free. That's giving you a fair chance. But, but those footbridges aren't strong enough to hold a horse. The ropes will break and we'll be dashed <laughs> over the falls. That's exactly what I'm counting on. <laughs> that bridge isn't too safe right now, even for one man, let alone to hold a horse and a boy. <laughs> All right, Tex, I'm letting you handle this since you brought the kid here. But, Jake... I told you, I, I don't feel right about it. This won't be like shooting the kid. You're giving him a chance. Make sure that he starts across that footbridge. You understand? Sure. You ride across it, all right. I'll untie him now. There. Get up, Button. You and me are going for a nice ride. After Tex took Dan away, Jake and Bill heard a horse stopping outside the cabin. Man, that sounds like Jack Wells. Get your gun handy, case it isn't. It is Wells. Oh, what's happened? What brought you here, Wells? Just this, Jake. A man come to my office this morning. He asked about shipping a lot of gold on the stage to Corpus Christi. I got a note from him tonight saying he wants it to go on the early stage tomorrow. Sounds very interesting, Wells. Got away with it. Hey, hold on, Jake. My horse don't whinny like that without some reason. Must be someone prowling around. Too soon for Tex to be coming back. Bill, step over there with your gun handy so he'll be behind the door if anyone opens it. Sure. Don't move, either of you. Reach. Mask, hombre. At least it isn't the law. The law will get you. You, Wells, will go up with the others for your part in that hole-up and murder. Hey, he knows who you are, Wells. All right, now I want to know where the boy is to follow one of your men here. Boy? Well, listen to him. He must be local. Yeah, he sure must be. I'll give you just five seconds to tell me where that boy is. And I'll give what? you just two seconds to drop those guns, mister. <laughs> Good work, Bill. Keep him covered. You heard what I said. Drop those guns. All right. <laughs> Now he can relax, Wells. Bill keep his gun on this, hombre, while we decide what to do with him. You not do anything. Now you get him up quick. Look in the doorway behind Bill, an Indian with two guns. Drop gun now. Sure. Sure, I'll drop it. I'll take my guns. Now you get over there with the other two. Yeah, sure. Otto, take their guns. Uh-huh. 
Let me take them. Me have guns. Hold your guns on the other two. I'll holster mine while I loosen this man's tongue. Uh, we have not covered. Come here, you. Let go of me. Who do you think you're grabbing? I'm grabbing you, you dirty bully. Boy, you... Where's that boy? Answer me. I'll knock that mask right off your snooping face. Oh. This will knock that sneer off your face. And this. And this. Take it. Oh, my God. He's got Jake down. Get up. I'll give you more of the same until no, no, you tell me. I'll, I'll tell you. But it won't do any good. Speak up, then, and be quick. Tex took, Tex took the kid up the river away. See, going to make him ride across the footbridge. Why, you rotten bunch of cowards! You know that rope bridge won't hold. He and the horse will go over the falls. Sure, that's right. Why, you dirty killer! I ought to choke the life out of you right now. Kill for me! Kill for me! Get on the floor where you belong. Thanks, Toto. For a moment, I was tempted. Uh, you know, stay here with these crooks. Don't let them move till I get back. I'm going to try to reach Dan before it's too late. Near the end of the footbridge over the gorge, Dan sat on his horse, Victor, with Tex close behind with drawn gun. All right, Budden. Here's where the bridge starts. Please, let me go. They won't know if you're doing anything. Nothing I'll... doing, kid. All right, get moving and keep moving over that bridge. If you hesitate, I'll have to put a bullet in your back. No. No, I won't go. Oh, yes, you will, kid. Now get going. I'll give you one minute. I... All right. Come on, Victor. What the? Oh, Victor! Back, fella! Back up, boy! Back! Hold on, hold on! Tell me, fella! Quick, Dan! It's giving away! Victor, catch him around! Take the bridle! Back, Victor! Back, fella! Back! Back, Victor! Back! Oh, if you hadn't come, it's all right, Dan. Thank heaven you're safe. Now we'll take that outlaw back to where Tonto is holding the others. A short time later, Dan, the outlaw Tex, and the Lone Ranger arrived at the cabin hideout. After Tonto and the Lone Ranger tied up the outlaws, the Lone Ranger spoke. Tonto, you stay here with them. Dan and I will go to town and send the sheriff out to get them. Uh Uh-huh. Me do it. I don't know how all this happened. Why, you followed me... You gave yourself away to me, Wells, when I came in disguise to your office. You said your brother-in-law wanted to come out west. But your sister told Dan that you persuaded them to sell out and come here. That's right. Also, it was strange that you suggested he act as guard on the stage. You planned with the others to have him killed in the holdup. To take the gold you knew he was bringing with him. Wells, you're a fool. That's right, he is. I sent that note, knowing that he couldn't pass up the chance to plan another holdup with you men. Then we followed him here. Here's the watch fob they stole from me, sir. Now I can give it to you. Thanks, Dan. That watch fob almost caused your death. But it did, sir, to lead us to these killers. Well, I'll go now, Toto. Come along, Dan. Adios, Kimosabe. Adios. 
Who is that mask man, anyhow? I don't get all this. What? Him known as Lone Ranger. The story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated.